Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, and welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. Hey, I'm Frank Mills, and we thank you today for listening, watching the show. We appreciate it very much. Uh, today, we've got a great show for you. We're going to be talking about, is it good to stretch between weight training sets? I'm sure a lot of you probably already do it, either before or after, so we're going to talk about that. And also, we've got some NSP fan questions. You know, we've got... Uh, Every week we get a lot of good content. You know, it's kind of hard to pick what we're going to answer. Uh, so we try to do certain things, but we will answer every question we get. So that we can promise you. But that being said, let's get started with the show today. You know, Armin, getting uh, your good stretching in uh, is an interesting topic because a lot of people, there's a lot of myths out there, a lot of things that have been spread around about when you stretch, before, after, is it good to stretch? I, I'm curious, is yeah. this something that you do in your training? Yeah, I, uh, I've been doing this on and off, uh, with, you know, stretching in between sets anyways. We can talk about the other two, but I've been doing it on and off for, for years. Uh, and I first learned about this back in the uh, early 90s mm-hmm. uh, from a guy, a guy named John Perillo, who's from Ohio. And he was training a lot of uh, competitors. And so I, I kind of liked what he said. And so it made sense to me. And so um, now what he ended up calling it and what a lot of these other coaches would call it is, is it's called fascial stretching. Okay. Um, so you're, you're taking the fascia that's surrounding the muscles and you're trying to expand it. So that's, really what the goal is when you're stretching in between sets okay understand so i guess you know from the things i had heard about stretching um you know it's to warm things up for your workout Mm -hmm. or to make yourself more limber right but yeah it does i i i think there is a lot of misinformation from the shows we've done in the past too so I'm really glad that you're doing this today. Um, what about some of the benefits of stretching, Armin? Okay. Yeah, we'll also touch on the different types as well. But, you know, okay. the theory and assumptions uh, are, you know, when the, the muscles with stretching in between sets, okay, I'm going to say the benefit to that is when the muscles are getting full of blood uh, and become engorged, basically getting the pump from the exercise that you're doing, uh, from the you know the stress of the of whatever weight you're using and how many reps you're doing, mm-hmm. the the theory behind the stretching between sets, the fascial fascia stretching, is that it uh, when the muscles fully pumped and you can stretch it, you can actually take and expand the area because it's already engorged, and so you're trying to see if there's any more room to loosen up mm-hmm. the uh, the area. And so you're just trying to allow more room for potential growth for more blood flow in the future, especially get to the capillaries and things. So it's kind of like, um, you, you know, when you blow up a balloon, okay, you blow up a balloon, you know, initially it blows up really difficult 
Mm-hmm. The more often you blow up the balloon, it gets easier and easier and it expands much more rapidly. Okay, mm. so yeah, that's really what the, the 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 theory is behind it. So when you allow the room for more expansion and more blood flow, that the, the understanding is it's going to allow for more potential growth. Now, also, it's going to help with range of motion uh, and, uh, and you know flexibility because of you know the way the muscle is being loosened up. So that's the that's the thing on that. <clears throat> Well, I, I know in previous shows that we've done, there are different types of stretching. So maybe we could cover that and then talk about what kind of stretching you're talking about now. Okay. Yeah. So there is a big difference when it comes to stretching. And, you know, I remember early on, uh, the, you know, if you're going to run or do anything, you got to stretch before you go running. Right. And that right. was the thought process. And that is wrong mm-hmm. okay, because that doesn't, what that actually does, if you do any kind of, and this is basically called static stretching or static hold stretching. Uh, if you're doing that, then it can actually cause the joint become lax and more loose, which is not what you want, especially when it comes to weight training. Now, when it comes to athletic events, uh, that's not good either because you're moving in a lot of different directions and you need everything to be, you know, you want that joint to be holding pretty tightly. So uh, what we're talking about here is you have, dynamic and then you have the static so yeah the static is what you typically this is what we're doing with the stretching in between sets so the muscles engorged is pumped up and so we're taking a 10 to 15 second period to see if we can stretch it a little bit more in between sets and okay. it, you know it, it's a it's it's an uncomfortable situation as well so dynamic stretching is that's really for warming up. And that's what you really want to do if you're an athlete or if you're going to get, you know, like for me, I do dynamic stretching before I train uh, because all that is, is getting blood flow to the muscles to warm them up. And then you're also trying to get the bursa sac, which is a lubricating sac of the joint to start lubricating it. So it, there's less friction and less mm-hmm. chance for injury. And that's really what the, the, the purpose of dynamic warm-up is. And it's very effective. Uh, and so I've, because I've done it both ways and, you know, I've had a few issues when I didn't warm up, especially my shoulder area, because of, I didn't understand that. So, but, you know, once I implemented the, the dynamic stretching, you know, there, it's never been a problem. So mm-hmm. anyways. <laughs> well, I am kind of curious when you're stretching, does that affect your strength at all? No, not not to me. Not in my opinion, uh, it didn't affect it at all. And I don't okay. believe other people have, have had an effect from it. Uh, you know what? What you do notice is you're going to feel the the burn, and uh, some uh, it's going to hurt some because you're stretching fascia. So that's what you got to keep in mind as you're holding the stretch. Uh, and it, with this, we're going to talk more about how you do that. But the purpose of this is to not overdo it, but to allow for a little bit of strain to allow for the stretch. So that's the most important thing I feel Mm -hmm. when you're doing this. You don't want to overdo it. That's for sure. Well, so why do you think that is that, that you get that burn or even a little discomfort as you stretch? All right. So, you know, your body's working at at a pretty good capacity 
Your mm-hmm. muscles are, they're not able to get enough oxygen and convert food to energy. So you have the lactic acid buildup. Uh, and so that kind of, it causes the muscle to get the burning feeling because it's, you know, it's trying to do what it can, but it's getting it to a capacity. So that's one of the reasons. Uh, in my opinion, most static stretching hurts until the area becomes loose. And as it loosens up, then you can continue to improve your range of motion. Uh, and it'll get better and better, but there is a little bit of, you know, because it's a tight area that you're stretching, you know, you got, you want to be careful, but you want to slowly let it release. And when it does, then you're like, oh, okay. Then that range of motion keeps improving. And so it's got to allow more room, you know, for blood flow. If the fascia starts to stretch out. So that's, you know, it's pretty logical, but also there's, you know, there is science that states some of this too. So, Mm -hmm. um, you, you know, you don't, um, you're not looking to hold these stretches real long because you're also training. So you want to stay focused on your training. So you're just trying to give the area just a little bit more room, a little bit of time. And that way you're safe. You're not going to restrain the joint and you're going to see if, if the thing is, you know, if the muscle is going to expand more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Is this something that you normally do every workout? Uh, no, uh, not every, not, not every set and every workout because it, it kind of depends on your timeline. So okay. if I am crunch for time, you know, I've done it a lot. So I kind of know, you know, like, like for certain muscle groups, I like to do it. I do it more often. Um, but you know, usually I'm doing a 30 second rest period. So, uh, sometimes I can do a 10 to 15 second stretch, but I, uh, I do typically stretch the muscle group that I'm, when I'm done with the exercise at the end though. So that's mm-hmm. pretty common there because, um, you know, I just want to make sure that um, I've allowed it to expand and, and get elongated to some degree. Uh, unless I'm out of time, then I'll end up skipping it and then cover it in another workout. So also when I'm doing these stretching in between sets, when I do do them, this is mostly for the weaker muscle groups because I'm trying to see if I can get them to enlarge more. So for me, it's the legs, you know, like the quads and the hamstrings that I'm doing it for, the calves, uh, mm-hmm. my back. I like to stretch my back and then my chest um, just to see if I can, you know, allow for a little bit more development and room. So, so that's, that's how I approach it. Okay. So, so when you do implement a stretch in between, and let's say you're taking a 15 to 30 second rest period, do you incorporate that stretch during that rest period or added to the rest period? No, I, I incorporate it into the rest period. So that's why okay. sometimes it can be, it can be a little bit of a challenge depending I on, bet. Yeah. you know, if you got a training partner and this and that, if you got a training partner, it's a lot easier to do. Um, but it's it just, again, it depends on if I'm pressed for time and how much volume I want to get done. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. another thing is, is I'm, I'm pretty developed. So, as you get more developed, the stretching stuff can can definitely make a bigger difference. In the beginning, probably not so much. But I mean, if you do feel like your muscles are really, really pumped and they can't get any more pump, then yeah, it'd be a good idea to start stretching them once you start getting to that level. You know, in the beginning, gotcha. you don't necessarily get to that level. So okay, okay. Uh, I, I know a lot of people worried about injuring themselves or very conscious about either their form or how fast they work out. Cause you know, injuries do happen, but is there a possibility yeah. of injury when you stretch? 
Yeah, there is. So oh, you have to, okay. you, you, you got to be smart about it. Okay. Because you, if people tend to try to see how far they can push things, that's where you start getting in trouble because you can cause a tendon and a ligament to, uh, to get a slight tear in the joint area, uh, which will cause a different burning sensation for sure. Uh, and not, not be beneficial. So mm-hmm. the key is, is to gradually stretch the area and then you'll, you'll hit a point when you're stretching. It's like, okay, I'm not going any further. That, that's like, whew, that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it has right. an automatic limiter to it. Uh, but some people, you know, as they get better at it, they try to, to take it to, you know, a little bit further. Uh, so you want to obviously stretch slow and allow the area to loosen up. That's why it's a 10 to 15 second type of thing to give mm-hmm. it a break and then go back at it. Um, okay. So, and then you'll you'll see that your range of motion will gradually improve as well, which is you know good news. So that just means that you've gotten some some of the uh, expansion to happen. Mm-hmm. But if you try to stretch it too fast, then I'm pretty confident you're going to run into problems. So <clears throat> one thing to absolutely keep in mind is do not bounce in the stretch movement. I see people do that from time to time in the gym and that, that is all that's going to do is cause a problem for sure no mm-hmm. bounce slow steady it's going to burn it's you just, you just kind of you know you know, go to the point where you say okay this this is going to be about it i can't do and then you, you can come back to it and see if it improved more but yeah you want to be you want to be strategic with this so you can minimize having any kind of injury but if you overdo it and try to get too much range of motion then that's where you have a problem. Absolutely. But yeah, I have seen people do that bounce motion. So uh, uh, that's not I, good at all. No. Well, I mean, if you just think about it, you're really kind of putting a tremendous amount of pressure when you do that bounce. I mean, you're pushing it to the yeah. limit as you know, so yeah, not a good thing. Well, that's, that's uh, typically what happens with football injuries, you know, they get hit at a bad angle and it's, you know, it's a sudden jerk to the joint. Yeah, and that bam, that's how they tear an ACL, or they tell yeah. tear tear the knee and even the ankle and stuff. So, yeah. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> what about in regards to stretching your legs? You know, like like for your quads, things like that. Um, exactly, what kind of stretches do you do for like your quads or legs, Armin? All right, there's there's a lot of options on this. So you know, one of them could be what's considered a hurdler stretch, where you put your leg behind you. Uh, and you get in a fixed position, so you're doing one limb at a time, and then you slowly lean back and feel that torque on the quad. Now, if you feel it in the knee, you got a bad position. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of play with your positioning if you're going to do the herder type stretch. Um, and it's it's a good stretch, but uh, you got to have your foot kind of high up too to to get the you know to try to get the whole area of the quad. So that's mm-hmm. one way you can do it. Uh, now, one I prefer to do is to you know, sit down in a low position, but I have a piece of equipment I can hang on to so that I can slowly lower myself in because the quads are on fire, especially if you're doing it in between sets. It's just like, <laughs> so you slowly lower down and then you, you're you going to hit a limit and then you just hold. And then that way, if, if I'm, if I'm really hurting, then I can pull myself back up. But right, I really right. like that stretch a lot. So I keep my feet pretty close together, come down real slow get to the, get as far as I can. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it works really well. And then I, as I feel like I'm making progress, I'll start to push my legs a little bit more forward to engage even more quad if I feel it's loosening up. So, gotcha. But one thing is, if you feel anything that doesn't feel right in the knee joint, not in the quad, but in the knee joint, stop immediately and then take a mm-hmm. break and reposition your what you're doing because you're, you haven't found the right area. Yeah, you're you're actually hitting the joint more than you are hitting the, the muscle. So that's something mm-hmm. else that needs to be understood when you, you do this kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's hard, you know, here it's hard to it's hard to demonstrate it here, but you know. Right. So so okay, you covered the quad. What about hamstrings, your calves, things like that? Yeah, those are pretty straightforward. The hamstrings, like the one I like to do is just put my feet together and slowly bend down and then you know, hold and mm-hmm. then go as far as I can and hold it you know, again, 10, 15 seconds, come back up and then keep working. And so, so, you know, sometimes I'll be able to put my hands actually on the floor. And when I get, when I get a fully done stretch, that's one technique. Another would be take and prop your leg up on like a squat rack and, you know, the lower part of a squat rack or a piece of equipment and you, know, you prop the leg up and instantly reach forward to mm-hmm. get that stretch. And that one's a lot more intense as well, but it's easy to do. And again, you're doing one leg on that versus two. Uh, so that's one way. Now the mm-hmm. calves, all you got to do is just get stand up on a block, slowly lower down, and then tilt back. So you're using your body weight to put that stretch on. And you can do that again with one foot or both feet, depending on your uh, level of development. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess an area that a lot of people are real sensitive to, and I know I've had issues, um, sometimes when I have worked out, especially on the military press, I can strain my Uh, upper back behind my shoulder. And when I move my neck, mm -hmm. I can feel it pull all the way down in the middle of my back. Uh, And that's one of the most annoying strains or injuries. So what about your back? Uh, Is there some stretching exercises that you can do for that? Well, in your situation, that's a little bit different. That has to do with the positioning of where the weight is and then where mm-hmm. your back is, especially in the upper neck, because that I've had that happen and it's it sucks. You can't even move your it neck does. for like you know ten ten days. You can't so that's even more turn your head, right? Issue. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. But you can get that from sleeping wrong too. Yeah, or you true. turn your head the wrong way and bam, it kicks in. So that's a different mm-hmm. factor there because it's upper upper back. Mm-hmm. So what I'm referring to on back here is there's you know you want to hit the lats and so you're trying to make the lats wider okay uh, so what i like to do is you know i'll do an overhand grip uh, about shoulder width actually a little bit wider than shoulder width so an overhand grip would be you know palms are face down and then you know bend down and then start to pull on the bar mm-hmm. so i like using a, a smith machine great or a squat bar it's in the rack it's solid and then you slowly pull on it so you can feel your shoulder blade slowly start to you know almost pop out so to speak but in a slow controlled manner this mm-hmm. allows the, the lats to stretch more and get for more range of motion so that's a real effective one then i also like to do it with the palm up grip where you're you're facing up so uh, underhand grip and that gets a different stretch on the lats mm-hmm. uh, which again these don't these don't really stretch the lower back and these are just for the lats and i'm not a big fan of stretching the lower back because you need that that's a sensitive area but this right. discussion is mostly for lats. So then another one is I like to just grab with a neutral grip, you know, you pull something from the side. And so then I pull on one side and hold it 
you know, and you're pulling to you feel the shoulder blade kind of come out a little bit and you can feel that lat engage and again you're you're bent over so you're almost you're flat back in all these positions to mm-hmm. really get to feel the engagement of the lat and i like that one a lot and that one in between sets you know you can really it burns and you can really feel that hmm. uh, but you, you do one side and then you do the other so again you're doing that to 10 to 15 seconds but those are the really good ones for the for the lats in my opinion <clears throat> okay well, we've covered uh, legs and back. What about your chest? The chest is actually a pretty easy one. You just want to have, uh, you know, like the squat rack's a good one or a Smith machine. You can put your hands out to the side and you just keep leaning in until you feel the pecs engage and they'll start burning as you lean in and just, you just hold it. But you want to keep your elbows and hands in, in direct alignment. You don't want to keep them low. You want to keep them up and in alignment so you feel the stretch across the chest that takes the shoulder out of the stretch so again just to get the chest and that's a that's a pretty effective one uh and again you want to hold that and just be again you want to be careful that one too because you're getting a a really good stretch you know it's probably a type of a similar thing too i'm thinking you correct me if i'm wrong like when you're doing flies you can feel the yeah. stretch in your chest as well, it, right? It's basically a sta- it's basically it's a static fly movement with your body weight. That's what it okay. Is. Interesting. You, you could do them with suspension. You could do them with suspension tra- uh, suspension um, uh, training. Um, you know, TRX is what they're mm-hmm. called. Lots well, with the you know, I mean a, a TRX type of uh, product where you're suspended and you hold these uh, you know these uh, straps. And you can stretch that way too. That's also another effective way of doing it. So okay, good stuff. Um, all right. So, well, we've done the chest. We might as well uh, talk about the arms, I guess, right? Yeah. So, yeah, my arms respond pretty good. So I've been pretty fortunate with that. So, for my triceps to get a little bit more range of motion and stretch there, I put my hands uh, pretty close together on a on a bar either a smith mm-hmm. machine or a squat rack i'll put my hands close together face down so an overhand grip and i'll just basically duck my head underneath the bar and pull on the tr- pull until i feel the triceps really engage and then oh. hold it this one that's that's a that's a killer stretch i mean you'll feel your <laughs> tricep in the elbow all the way into your shoulder girdle if you get it if you get a position right mm-hmm. and that's a great one so that's really all i do for triceps i mean you could do behind the behind the neck and then uh, hold something to stretch it that way. But I just like mm-hmm. using the bar and using my body weight. So that's one I do for that. Okay. And biceps, what you would do, you would, um, you can use a Smith machine or a squat rack. I'm just trying to use this for simplicity. You can use other apparatuses, but for simplicity, uh, what you do is you face away from the bar and you put your hands behind you. Um, and then your palms are face down. So you grab the bar. You got to do this slow and, and gradual because you're you know you're not in a good position to, to it's not like you have that much flexibility to swing your arms back there so you put your hands back and you get to hold the bar then you slowly once you have that in position you keep your arm straight you slowly lower down a little bit until you feel the biceps start to pull and then you hold hmm. so okay. that's uh that's that's a that's a mac daddy stretch for the biceps so again you got to be really careful with that one slow and steady Another one you can do for the bicep is just grab your fingers and then push your fingers back when you hold your arm extended. That's more for beginners versus somebody's advanced, but it, it does work. You do one arm at a time that way. 
Wow, a lot of really, really good information about all different types of stretching and how it can improve and help uh, your workouts, yeah. more effective workout, right? But um, any final thoughts? You know, we're getting kind of low on time here, but, uh, you know, a lot of the information you've offered, Armin, some things I have heard about, some things I've done myself, but others, you know, yeah really effective it seems like and uh i you know again that's why you have the 40 years of experience you've done all this stuff tried it out and done all this but i try a lot of stuff man yeah yeah. so any final thoughts as we wrap up yeah in my opinion i felt that the stretching in between sets uh is good especially if you're kind of plateauing and you're or you get a really good pump and you feel like you can't the muscle may not be able to pump up anymore Mm-hmm. Um, so doing it between sets is great for that. At the worst case, I would do it definitely at the end, again, because the, the muscles are engorged with blood and you got an opportunity there to, to see if you can expand it. And I just feel it's beneficial and it's helped me um, when when done properly to uh, to help with the growth and uh, you know the range of motion because uh, you know a muscle belly has a curve. It's not a straight line. So if you want to get that muscle curve, muscle belly. That's why you have to lengthen the muscles, and that's part of why this helps. Um, but this isn't anything that's overnight results, so just keep that in mind. This is a, a one of those things that will subtly help, again, with persistence and consistency. I think it, it will help. And, and there's mm-hmm. other you can talk, there's other pros. Most of the pros are doing these kind of things. So there's other you know, there's, it's not just me talking about this. Uh, but finally, you know, you just want to proceed with caution on all this, okay? Because you have to learn to feel and engage the muscle uh, and do it based on that. And if, again, if you feel anything that's uncomfortable, break and don't just stop and then reposition because you don't want to get an injury. And um, that's the most important thing. You want to get the benefits, but you don't want to get the injury. But the benefits are more range of motion, potentially bigger muscle sizes, uh, and uh, you know, your strength is going to improve too because, again, more muscles, the more muscle size, the more you can put nutrients into that area you're gonna the strength's gonna come with it so and no bouncing no bouncing <laughs> yeah absolutely no bouncing <sighs> no bouncing yeah, I, mean, I, see people, I see people do that say <laughs> oh no this isn't good so <laughs> all right well i hope everybody got something out of all that great information about stretching and implement it into your workout to get some more results uh and uh yeah. help you out so all right That being said, uh, stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition, and Armin and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSP Show at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. I'm Frank Mills. And hey, uh, just a quick note. I know you just heard from NSP Nutrition, but Armin and I were talking during the break. Um, if you are a NSP Nutrition seasoned product user like we are, okay. Uh, and you believe in the product like we do, there is an affiliate program. 
and you can make money by helping NSP promote their product to your significant others, your friends, family, maybe people you work with, right? People you care about. You're right. So Armin, uh, this is a great program to help reward you for helping NSP, right? Absolutely. And it's, it's, pretty easy to set up you know there's a you go to the website there's a link there that says affiliate and you can uh you know sign up for that and then they'll let you know what steps you need to take and then all you got to do is you know if you have a way to promote whether it's a website or social media or whatever communication device you have you just put that link in there and all they got to do is click it that it takes them to the website to do it make a purchase and then you would get a commission as your volume grows, the commission scales keep going up. So it just depends on how much volume that you end up doing. But it's really easy to do. So there you go. So check it out. Maybe you can earn some extra money by helping NSP. And there's a lot yep. of great new products. You know, they have the Prostate Plus, the Collagen Gummies, and much more. So check it out. Yep. And uh, who knows? You know, maybe uh, it equates to a part-time job for you or something. Who knows? You know, extra money is good. Anyway, uh, that's right. That's right. Well, um, in fan questions, we've got some pretty interesting questions. And, you know, we're short on time today because we had a lot of content about the stretching, which is really good. But, you know, we always like to try to answer a question um, or two in this segment. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about so many different things. And um, mm, yeah. it's interesting, I kind of brought up the Prostate Plus because we have a um, a question from a unknown person, won't give their name or anything, and asking about the Prostate Plus, you know, a lot of guys do have problems as they age with their prostate. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it can be very frustrating, you know, uh, it can <laughs> affect you in a lot of different ways. And just asking us as two guys, have we used mm-hmm. the Prostate Plus? And if we have, uh, or if we know of somebody who has, what were the results? Has it worked well for them compared to the other products that are on the market? So, Armin, I didn't know. Uh, well, the ingredients in it are what makes the difference. You, know, you have okay. Gym and and uh, nettle thistle i mean you have you know nettle root and these different um salt palmetto these different ingredients what it does is helps to shrink the prostate back down take the swelling back down Mm -hmm. and so and and these are standardized types of herbs that do this and so the way you can check to see if it's working is you check your prostate specific antigen or your psa and then as you take the product which is what i've done and then you see it if it changes it now mine has been you know low so what i look for is you know is it maintaining so it's my mine is more of a preventative because i'm 59 and it starts happening at this age so mm-hmm. or, or sooner so that's why i do it but uh, if you have you know enlarged prostate then yeah give it a try you know you can talk to your doctor about it too i mean but you can research the ingredients in there uh they do help with it there's there's studies that show that but uh, that would be my my opinion. I mean, it, you'll need to check it to measure if it's working for you. Um, but I feel like it is. It, it does help. Yes. Interesting. I have okay. clients that use it. Yeah. Well, whoever asked that question, <laughs> we hope that that answer helps <laughs> you. 
And well, it's kind of a personal question, obviously. So yeah, yeah, I get that. So um, all right, and now we've got uh, another question from Anthony, Key West, Florida. Uh, okay, Anthony's asking us about a, a show that we had done about protein, and when we go to the grocery store, hmm. obviously we look for organic or yeah. either grass fed, but. He's asking a more detailed question. Armin, is there any specific things that you look for if there's multiple options of grass-fed or organic meats or produce? How do you determine what you buy? Is there any specific things that you look at? Yeah, well, you, you try to look for some differentiators. And this is actually a good question. And I'm always looking. But it's pretty hard to tell because you're you're at the mercy of the marketing that's put on mm-hmm. the packaging. So right, the really right. uh, oh, to me, the only way to really know is who you get it from and what you know about the person, like a farmer or whatever. Uh, that'd be the the best way to know. But no, you're at, we're all at the mercy of what they put on the packaging, and you just hope that they're being honest and then it's it's a good quality product. So is mm-hmm. it 100 percent grass fed? It says it is. You just don't know. Okay. Right. So, right. but I do notice differences in certain, um, I, I try different brands and I notice some brands taste better than others, which is again, interesting. So mm-hmm. uh, you have to kind of experiment. I don't have a good answer for that. I'm always looking on the labels, but it's just going to tell you what you want to hear. Uh, mm-hmm. No antibiotics, you know, no, no hormones, you know, hundred percent grass fed. So, yeah, I, I don't have a good answer on that one. I wish I because I'm I'm on the struggle bus like everybody else. Is this quality gotcha. or not? And I don't have a farmer that I would go to for that. So now I do have gotcha. a guy that does give me some uh, farm raised chickens, and so I know those, and they, they taste phenomenal. Uh, he, you know, he, he we have a deal with that, so that's that's how I know on that. But yeah, no, and, no and you know, it might else. be something where <laughs> you do a little research online and see if you can order yeah. things direct from somewhere. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's really difficult. Yeah. I agree with yeah, you, but, is, uh, you know, you are at the mercy of the marketing companies and how they advertise or what they will put on the label. Right. So anyway, yeah, that, well, so that brings up, I got one other thing I want to mention though. That's yeah. We talked about this. Um, you know, one of our, uh, coworkers sent me a, a, a Instagram, of a guy that was doing raw liver and bull testicles and he got botulism and had to go to the hospital. And he oh had my gosh. Of, he had pictures of the testicle he ate and the, the, the liver. So, you know, please understand that you need to be careful with, you know, the liver king and, you know, those kind of organ, yeah. organ and organ meats and you know, et cetera. But it was, it was not good. I mean, the guy got a good laugh out of it, but, be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nasty. Yeah. Well, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We appreciate it if you would share it with your friends and family, and there's lots of ways to do that. We've got the QR codes above our heads. You can also comment on YouTube. And also, as a last resort, I guess, email us at support at yeah. nspnutrition.com. And we rely on our audience, and it's a big part of what we do, and we really need your help to keep these segments yes. going, right, Armin? Well, yeah, again, we're trying to help people, so give us good, you know, give us questions and stuff we can help you with, and we're going to keep contributing with what we know as well. So, yeah, we'll make it a win-win. Absolutely. Well, thanks for the questions for this week, 
and look forward to seeing you all next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.